Okay, gang. I'm so sorry, but I, I love hearing the conversations flowing and everyone having a good time. Um, hello again, my name is Crystal. And hi. Hi, Brian. <laughs> um, so we have a few people out because of COVID reasons, just different exposures and quarantines and things like that. So I just want to like say that from the very beginning that um, we want to love each other super, super well here. So if you have any concern at all about being sick, feel free to like do what you need to do to be healthy and to love your neighbor and keep us all healthy here as well because we want to love each other really well. Um, so tonight we're actually not going to talk about Proverbs. Tonight we're going to talk about community because um, as we were thinking about Proverbs and I was thinking about us coming back together, I was like, it's been almost two years since we've been here together in a room and that is insane and crazy. Um, and a bunch of you guys, I don't think I've ever, a bunch of you guys I know from my small groups, but I don't think, I think maybe not even half this room has been in community the way that we used to do it together. So we're going to reset culture and that's good and that's wonderful and fun. So we're going to do that tonight so that everybody is clear because I want to share with you guys what happened to me um, the other week and it's my text with my brother-in-law to me. And so he was texting me in the morning and he's like, hey, I'm thinking about getting into painting, I was looking at easels, reading reviews on the Vind brand, and <laughs> wondering if you ever had experience with it. And I'm like totally clueless, right? And I was like, never heard of it, but I don't really like care what easel I use, so you know, do whatever. And then he even sent me like the, the GIF, right? Like the Vind easel. Yeah, y'all, I still did not get it. Like, I wrote another paragraph after this and was like, no, I've never heard of them. And he's like, Crystal. Vin Diesel, I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, good when you got me. So um, honestly, like dad jokes go over my head about mm, 50 to 60% of the time. You have to be really clear because my hair is blonde. But really. And so for me, clarity and communication is really important. Especially because not only do I not get the jokes sometimes, sometimes I don't hear the jokes. I'm like half deaf as well. So I really need you to be clear with me. And if I ever talk to you, to you guys and you, you say something meaningful and important, I'm just like, uh-huh, I can hear you. That's what happened. <laughs> so just make sure you have permission to be like Crystal. What I said was. Um, so on your pages, I have notes for you guys. Feel free to pull them out. It's just going to make it easier as we're talking about clarity and communication and things like that to go through and read together. So we have a couple of scriptures that we're gonna be pulling from tonight because I really love clarity and expectations, clarity and communication, and I want all of us as a community to be on the same page. So we're gonna start with Psalm 133, which is literally three verses. So here's the deal, guys. If we ever wanna memorize a Psalm, Psalm 133 might be it, three whole verses. Um, I'm going to read it. It says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon was falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life, forevermore. Now, part of that sounds weird, right? Because culturally, we're like, oil running down my head into someone's beard, that sounds like a mess. That doesn't sound like something wonderful. But that kind of oil that they poured was a blessing, and it was scented oil, it was like perfume in that day and age. And so it's, it's a visual image that the people who are reading this original scripture would have known, like this is a blessing being poured out. And so this is what God is comparing the, 
the community and the unity of his people too. It's like a blessing poured out over each other, on each other's lives. And, and then the last verse, verse three, it says there, that unity of God's people, there's where the Lord bestows his blessing. So not only are we blessing each other when we live in unity, but we're receiving a blessing from the Lord when we live together in unity. But unity, I feel like, is such a complex thing. It can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. So then my next question was, okay, so in unity we find blessing not only from each other but from God, like God dwells in our unity. What, what does that mean? Like how do we practically live that out? So then I went to Ephesians 4, and this is going to be the next passage that we read. And as I read it, I'm going to ask you guys to underline every action that you see in the scripture. It says, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, this is Paul, and he says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all and in all. How many actions did you guys catch in there? This is not a rhetorical question. I've got at least eight. Eight There's them? Probably more. Can you give me an example of one of them? Um, I urge you to live, mm -hmm. calling, um, bearing, mm -hmm. make effort. Um, called to one hope, called um, one Lord, mm -hmm. um, and that's awesome. So there's at least eight actions, right, in this scripture. So what do you guys see about living in unity? What does it? What does that mean? Is that something that we feel, or is that something that we do? Something we do. Right. We do. Exactly. 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 And verse two says. Be completely humble and gentle. And this is like, this is our blueprint. God's not like, okay, live in unity. Good luck. Figure out what that means. He's like, this is the plan. Be humble. That means that when I have a situation where it might be something I want to be right in, if Savannah and I are talking about it, and uh, Savannah has a different opinion than me, it's not my job to make sure that Savannah is of my opinion. It's my job to be humble with her and gentle. And if we have a disagreement, to be patient. What do you guys think about the patience of the church right now? It's doing really well, right? Yeah. So this is really important, not only because it's scripture and it's something we're called to do, but because it, it applies to right now in 2021 where we live. And it continues on. Verse three, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. So that doesn't mean, again, that if I have a minor disagreement with Carter, that I look to her and I'm like, bye friend. I make every effort to love my friend and she makes every effort to love me. So the way that we're gonna do that here is the first letter on your page, it's letter C and um, we're going to repeat this a lot, so you guys are going to get sick of us hearing, of us saying this to you, but this is how it's going to be. The first C goes, it stands for the word care. And care, we used to say, this would mean something very basic, like 
Don't be on your phone when you're at Bible study. Don't talk over the person next to you. And all of those things are still true. We want to love each other by not being on our phone and texting, right? We want to love our neighbor by not talking over them when they're sharing. But this goes deeper, I think. We want to love our neighbor in places where we disagree with each other and in places where there needs to be understanding. So when we say care, I want you guys to remember the scripture of Ephesians 4, making every effort to keep the unity of the body. And I'm going to say that a lot because I think it's something, I know actually it's something that the enemy is going to want to put his claws in and just kind of tear at a little bit. He's going to want to tear at our unity. The second one is P, and that is for prayer. So as we are caring for each other in unity, the number one thing that we're going to need to do is pray for each other and pray for ourselves. There's something so powerful about the prayer of the saints. Scripture talks about it over and over again as even being like incense before God, that our prayers are not just something that we speak to each other or we speak to the air, but that God himself is listening and that the power of God flows through prayer. So prayer is going to be a value that we keep very high and that we are constantly using. So one of the ways that you could practically do that is the word making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit, that we pray for each other when there are things that we have disagreements about, when we're sick, when there's any issue that we need to discuss, that we pray about it first. And then the last one is R. It's for real. And that means real relationships. We want to get to know you guys, and we want you to know us. But the number one thing that I've found in women's ministry is that we all walk in the door with expectations, right? And a lot of people walk in the door with expectations about friendship and relationship that we don't even speak out loud or maybe we don't even know we have. And so the responsibility for our relationships lies on all of us. And I just want to say that, you guys. Like, my heart for this group is that you guys would know and be known by each other and by God and by me and by all of the other people here but that you don't wait for someone to know you, you do the going and the getting to know. There's a circle on your paper, and it has um, four little circles, and I want you guys to number it one, two, three, four, starting from the outside in. So four would be the inner circle. So with real relationships, one of the things that you can consciously not even know that you have is an expectation that friendship be fast. I was literally just talking to a friend about this this morning, that as an adult, I found a couple years ago that I had to reset my thoughts about friendship because I was used to, as a child and a teenager and a college student, friendships just happen naturally with the people that I was around all the time. But as an adult 40-year-old woman, my friendships didn't just happen. Like I had to intentionally reach out to somebody to connect with them and to make sure that our friendship and our connection was growing and was staying healthy. So it was something I had to be intentional and like literally put on my calendar. And I was laughing to my friend this morning. I was like, yep, we're just at that age where we're like scheduling friend time, scheduling friend time. So it's just one of those things that's true and real. And I think another expectation that we have sometimes about friendship as women is that everybody has to be at the same level of intimacy or maybe feelings get hurt when you want to be in a certain crowd or you want to be close to someone and that's not happening the way that you want it to happen. 
So with the circle, I want to kind of break that down for us a little bit. So in circle number one, I want you guys to put acquaintances. These are circles of relationship. Acquaintances can be anybody that you know. They can be your grocery store checkout person. They can be an office friend. It can be somebody you just know casually from the neighborhood. These are people that you know, but you're not sharing the deep intimacies of your life with. But you guys say hi, you shoot the breeze, talk about the weather, that kind of thing. Number two is good friends. These might be people you know from social circles, church. So you guys know each other a little bit more. You know about life. You're able to have deep conversations if you want to, but they're still not in your inner circle. And number three is close friends. And then number four, this is gonna be you and God, or you, God, and your spouse, depending on what your relational status is. Family can be in three or four, depending on, again, your status um, and where you're at in life. It's not always super healthy for family to be in four, so I like to keep them in three personally, but that can be a personal decision based on you and your family's relationships. Um, and sometimes, honestly, sometimes families are at number one because the family unit isn't very healthy, and that's okay too. So as you guys can see, these circles go from big to small, right? And I want us to keep this in mind and remember that because as we are around each other and we love each other, there are things that we as Christ followers owe each other in friendship. And those things are in Ephesians 4. Humility, patience, gentleness, unity. But I don't, we don't owe each other close, intimate friendship. I know that's hard to hear in a Bible study of women where we're supposed to love each other, but I don't want to set expectations so high that people get hurt in the process. If close, intimate friendship happens here, and I want it to happen, and I think it will, amazing. But if we get into this study, and you're like, man, I wanted to be close, intimate friends with Kiana, and I, I don't know if we're there yet. I don't think she likes me. It may not be that she doesn't like you. It may not be that she doesn't have capacity for you to be in her close circle of friends. And I want us to love each other and have that patience with each other to give each other the freedom to understand that friendship is important, and it's vital, and it has to be part of community but that we give each other the grace and the space to let those things happen naturally. And the freedom to say, hey, I like you a whole lot, but I can't bring you into three because right now I have too many threes. Because we all have a capacity for a relationship. Does that make sense? Cool. All right. So care, prayer, and real relationships. We can do it, guys. I believe in us, and I believe in the Holy Spirit in us. So at the bottom of your page, Ephesians 1, 4 through 5, there's a couple things I just want to say about the church. Um, it's been a season. I don't know if you guys have felt that, but I have felt that. You know, I've been a Christ follower for over 20 years now, and man, the last couple of years in the church, you know, pastors I've looked up to have fallen you know, there's divisions right and left and up and down, and people are not so very nice sometimes in the church. And I just, I'm like, actually, why am 
am I in the church? I've asked myself that question as a person who works on the church staff. So I think it's a, an okay thing to think about and an okay thing to talk about and an okay thing to wonder. But I have to remind myself of this, and so I'm gonna remind us of this too. It's Ephesians 1, four through five, and it says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So I want to point something out. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us. That means that before anything on this planet was alive or living or breathing, that God thought about you, and he thought about you as his child, and he wanted that, and he dreamed that for himself. So your first fill in the blank is that the church is the dream of God. And then at the end of that passage, it says, this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And then, the, I just want to say this again, the church is the pleasure of God. So if the church is the dream and the pleasure of God, then at the end of the day, the church is worth believing in, the church is worth fighting for, because the church is you guys and me. It's not an institution, it's people. And so all of us together are what create what God had planned from before the world began, which was his family. And so guys, as we get into Proverbs and we talk about things and you know, God's gonna open up your lives to each other and we're gonna get to know each other better and we're gonna dig in deep, I hope, and we're gonna have fun, I hope. Um, but I wanted to set the tone tonight by just saying this, and you're gonna hear Ephesians 4 again, you're gonna hear CPR almost every week, um, and you're gonna hear us talk about the dream and the pleasure of God being community, because that is true. And I think now more than ever, it's important for us to fight for that, and to fight for unity, and to be what Christ wanted of us to be in the world, his hands and feet, to those who don't know him. So, there's two questions for you guys, and we're gonna be kind of early tonight, um, we're going to give you a good, like, 20, 25 minutes to do that before we come wrap up and pray. Um, Sarah, can you pop those questions up? Oh, there's a, actually, you know what? There's a video. Sorry, this is rough. I haven't done this in two years yet. <laughs> um, we're going to do a little video, and it just talks about the global church. So I just kind of wanted to, like, wrap that up again, just as a reminder that the church in our community, you guys, is global. We belong to a much bigger picture than just where we live in Lynchburg, Virginia. And Philippians 3.20 says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we are thinking about who we are, I'm going to keep reminding us and keep putting this out in front, guys, that our citizenship is in heaven and we belong to a global body. And so as we're thinking about unity and as we're thinking about just where we are and what we're dealing with on a daily basis. I think sometimes it helps to elevate that picture a little bit and give us some perspective and maybe step back from our day to day. Um, so yeah, the questions for you guys tonight are, what, cha uh, what challenged your heart tonight? And how can you engage this week in unity with the body of Christ? So you guys are gonna have about 20, 25 minutes and go for it.